Welcome to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. This is May of 2022, and we're doing a podcast blast, Sharing the Secret, where courageous women, post-abortion, miscarriage, and loss of a child are sharing their healing journey stories on how they grieved to heal, how they revealed to heal their loss. Today's beautiful guest is Denise, and she is going to share her story of miscarriage. Thank you so much, Denise, for your willingness to be here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, So tell us, I love the background. It's so bright and beautiful. Um, So tell us, what was life like? Get right into the nitty gritty. Uh, What was life like? You found out you were pregnant. This was your first pregnancy. Um, what, what, What was going on? Yeah, so my first pregnancy, I... I didn't even know what to expect. It was, you know, kind of like you don't know what you don't know. And when I did find out that I was pregnant, um, obviously I was very, very excited. Um, And I went through the whole process and I didn't, I didn't feel any different than I had before I had gotten pregnant, but I was going through the process. And then I started to get, you know, some symptoms and I just, you know, took it easy and did everything that the doctor said. And I was actually headed out of town to go up north and I wasn't feeling good in the car. And I didn't know why, just kind of, you know, kind of like an upset stomach and a little hot and cramped because it was in the summer. And I just thought because the heat got to me and maybe it was because I was pregnant and never having experienced that before, I did not know if it was just because my hormones were changing or what was going on. So I was really kind of naive to all of this. It's just kind of like you're figuring things out as you go. So we continued the process and ended up going up north for the weekend. And I kind of kept it low. I mean, I engaged in, you know, a few activities, but when I, we started to leave, I didn't feel good again and I didn't know why. So, um, halfway home, it was a three hour drive home. I had to go to the bathroom, like really, really bad. And I was like to my husband, Oh my gosh, you have got to pull over. I have got to go to the bathroom. Stop at a gas station. And when I did, I didn't realize, but he was getting kind of concerned because apparently I was in there for like over a half hour and I had started bleeding and I didn't spotting and I wasn't quite sure because then all of a sudden the cramps started and then I was like very, very concerned and it happened to be over Father's Day weekend. I'll never forget. And so we ended up having to stop, pick up a few things that we were going to go meet our parents at to celebrate Father's Day. And I was just trying to muster through it saying, you know, it's okay. Just take it slow, take some water, put your feet up, whatever. And it, it continued to get worse. And so we had called the doctor and they said to rest and put your feet up. And then all of a sudden, as I did that, it stopped. So I thought I was okay. And so I went to bed and of course, you know, it's on your mind, you know, what's going on. And it was right at the middle of the night, just, I couldn't sleep anymore. And the cramps were so bad and I got up and I couldn't even walk to the bathroom. And 
I was doubled over in pain. I couldn't even get up on the toilet or anything. And like my breathing got short and everything. So my husband had called the nurse's line and said, yeah, she's miscarrying. And at that point, um, you know, there were things coming out of me that I had no idea. I mean, like I was a blood clots, like really, really thick. And it was so disheartening because I was just laying over trembling in pain. And then all of a sudden it got so bad that it was like my breathing was, you know, it wasn't right. And it was probably because my body was in shock too, because I was shaking so much, but I was trying to, you know, control it. But this was a pain that was just worse than a normal period. I mean, literally worse than a normal period. And so unfortunately, we call back to the doctor and they're like, yes, whatever you can do, please capture everything in a container. We need to evaluate this and we need to see what's going on. And sure enough, it progressed for a couple hours where I just laid on the floor, doubled over. And I was at the point where I just had to rock myself because I just had to soothe it. And then if I felt like I had to get up to go to the bathroom, you know, I had a container between my legs, as graphic as that is. Um, And yeah, as as I passed it, it was just kind of horrific. You know, you're just kind of looking in this container and just. Yeah. Wow. It must have been so scary and and so sad. And how did you feel when you, I mean, obviously you're going, it's almost like, well, what did you feel like when you were going through that? And they said to to capture it in a. Yeah. Well, you know, you're not thinking of that because it's just like, I don't want to put, you know, my child in a container, you know, and I don't want to be in a container. I mean, you know, using the analogy and, you know, what was actually happening happening, and why it happened. All these things go through your head and, you know, what did I do? And, you know, um, you know, just so many things uh, that go through your head that you're like, am I going to be okay? Obviously I couldn't carry this child. And is there anything left to me that would leave clots or be detrimental to my own health? And how can I prevent this in the future? And how long is the recovery? And does this prevent me from having other children? And there's just endless questions because first, well, first of all, it was the first time I ever gotten pregnant in my life. And then, you know, to continue to go through that. So, I mean, it's always really, really hard. And, um, you know, to watch that process and then to have to do the follow-up with it and to actually deliver it and have them, you know, figure out what was going on, if it was anything with me or the baby or whatnot. And, you know, you know, and then just the the questions they ask you, it's almost like interrogation, right? But it's not, I mean, it was for the betterment of myself and my own health and the child and everything like that. But yeah, it was just a whirlwind, like, like what just happened to me, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just, I'm just getting chills listening to you because just picturing that, how, how painful and alone, I mean, how come they didn't have you, they don't have you go to the hospital for that? They just made you do it. No, because I was already in the midst, I was already in the midst of, you know, passing it, passing the child. So, wow. um you know, that would have been how far long were you? Um, that one was close to, I believe that one, the first one was 10 weeks. So obviously it happened again. Um, yeah. So that one was close to eight to 10 weeks on that one. Yeah. 
Did were you able to tell how um, the sex of the child, or did they let you know? It was a girl. Uh, did you give her a name? Um, I didn't, but I did get to pick out where I wanted her remains. Oh, that's that's neat. So mm-hmm. you, the first you time I did, it was through the hospital. They have okay. a place that I could choose. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I've interviewed other ladies who have gone through um, that experience, and each has, you know, de- depending on how old the child was, depends on like what their options were. So that's interesting. Um, so then, what happened afterwards? Like, so you went through the process, you buried the child, the little girl. So. Right. And, you know, obviously it went through lots of doctor's appointments to make sure that, you know, I had healed and there wasn't really anything wrong with me. And we went through, you know, testing and they said that, you know, you should be totally fine. You know, give yourself a couple months and heal and, you know, have another get back on cycle and stuff like that. And, you know, they didn't see any reason why I couldn't have children. So um, I can, you know, after that, I tried again and I miscarried. Um, then I tried again and I miscarried and then I tried again and I miscarried and then I tried the fifth time and I miscarried and I was determined not to give up and I went through infertility and infertility was a nightmare you really have to have the right doctor because, you know, when you don't go to a care facility, that's really in the best interest of the patient and working with them, you know, and you're just another number. I mean, I came back with this one doctor and I just been all bruised and, and it was just like, you came in and just, you were just another number like here, you know, here's your stuff. Here's your shots. Go do this. See you next time. Check in with you. And it's like, so impersonable. And I'm like, that's crazy. So one of the, the second to the last time I went there, I was feeling this uncertainty about really, you know, even walking in the doors, the atmosphere, you know, how you can feel that energy. And that particular day, you know, the nurse said, okay, you're up for these shots. And, you know, the lab person will meet you over there. And I got there. The lab person didn't even say anything to me. She straps the bands on me and, you know, she's taking blood and, and giving a shot here and there. And she goes, well, if you don't feel good, you can call later or whatever. And I'm like, wow, that really hurt. And she goes, really? You're not that tough. That doesn't hurt. So like Mm -hmm. eating discounting your feelings and then I'm black and blue on it. And I'm like, I can take a lot of pain. You know, I'm a pretty strong woman. I can take a lot of pain, but when it instantly turns black and blue, when I tell her, obviously she didn't do something right. And she didn't really care. And then she's like, yeah, if you have shortness of breath or breathing or whatever, just call the hotline at the end. And she goes, but you've been through this before, which I had, it'd been such a long time that, you know, with five miscarriages, um, I had been through that. So I know what to expect and I know my breathing and I know what to feel, but they had changed my medication. And that night I had went home and it just didn't, nothing felt right. Like the whole Mm -hmm. doctor's visit didn't seem right. Speaking with the nurses didn't, the way they gave me my shots, they didn't. And I did, I woke up and I didn't know if it's a combination of all this anxiety. And I was like, no, this is an anxiety. This is just not feeling right. So, you know, I called at sitting on the couch at like one or two in the morning and, and they're like, Oh, well, you're overreacting. Okay. I personally get up at one o'clock for you to tell me that I'm overreacting. I know my body. I've been through this five times. I know. Right. 
And so it was just at that point where I'm like, you know what, I'm done with these people. And so obviously I went and saw someone else and yeah, I think it was one or two times of infertility. And by switching to this doctor, I was able to get pregnant and sustain it. And so my sixth pregnancy was a live birth and that's when I delivered my son. And then after going through that, they had said to me, we know how to reboot your system without any medication. If you really want another child, um, do it really quick. Um, we're going to like tell you when to like come off breastfeeding, we'll reboot your system and try to get rid of pregnant right away. Cause if it happens right away, they'll be able to have another child. But if it doesn't, your chances are probably not good. And they did. And they had my daughter. Oh, well, that's a beautiful ending to that story. When you were pregnant, with your son, that would have been your sixth pregnancy. Did you worry that you would miscarry or, I mean, were they monitoring you really closely? Did you have to do any extra care? Yep. I had a lot, I was on, yes, I had a lot of care during that one and they had to monitor me closely. And I also had to take uh, heparin injections into my stomach and I had to admit or administer them to myself in the morning and in the evening. So I became my own little nurse that would give myself shots every single day. And I did that for nine months into the point where I was so blown up from, you know, medications and just being swollen and how my body reacted to it and everything that, as you can see, I'm not a very big person, but, um, by four months into the pregnancy, four or five months, I was, I had already gained 50 pounds and not, it was pretty much water weight and stuff like that, but I was very, very large. Um, but I didn't care, you know, I was sustaining the pregnancy and I was doing all my shots and everything that they had said. And then, um, yeah, I was able to deliver them. So naturally. What was your thought process through it though? Like, how did you feel like every single day giving yourself shots to, were you worried that, you know, is this child going to make it? Um, I've already lost five. No, actually, you know what, that is probably the crazy thing that most people say, hey, how can you not think like that? But at that one, I got pregnant and I was just like, there's, you know, once I know I was past like that first trimester and they were administering me and giving the medications, I never thought that I would, I I don't know if I was being naive, but I never thought that I would lose it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Did you, um, with the, with the five losses, the first one was a girl. Did you, were you able to find out the sexes of the other children? Um, I was, they, they told me I could, but I didn't want to know at that point. Okay. And, um, did they tell you like why? I mean, you had said earlier that you thought maybe something was wrong with your body. Like, um, were you doing something wrong? No, I wasn't doing anything wrong. They just said that my body just naturally rejected them. Oh, they didn't say that. No. And then they thinned my blood and did some other things. And I don't know, I was able to do it. And who knows if it was a combination of stress or whatever. At that point, I didn't care. I had a sustainable pregnancy and I was like, let's go with it. You know, yeah. I was excited. What was the time frame from like the first pregnancy until the birth of your child? Was that, was it like, all like within a short time or was it over a period of years? Seven years. I had seven years of infertility. Seven years. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. And a lot of money. But <laughs> yeah. Priceless. It's, just, it's priceless. Exactly. Money is just, you know. 
how was, your, how was your husband in all of this? What was his, was, what was the emotional aspect of all of this as far as processing the feelings and yeah. I mean, continuously trying and then losing each child every single time you tried fives a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it affected, it, it did, the, it, you know, the first couple you know, he was very compassionate and supportive and stuff like that. But, you know, towards the end, he just wanted to give up. Like, you know, I don't want to go through this anymore and that kind of thing. And I said, depends, you know, how bad you, you know, want a kid and what does it mean? And, you know, so we talked it out and stuff like that. And he's just like, if you can handle it, I'm just worried about you. So, yeah. Yeah, that takes a lot on your body. And like you were talking about the hormone changes and all of that and, I mean, I remember my first trimester, I was so emotional, (laughs) cried the drop of a hat. I I can't imagine like I I had two abortions. So my fear was when I got pregnant the third time, I was young, I was only 18. I thought, what if I get punished? What if I what if this baby miscarries because I've already aborted two children and, you know, it will be like my punishment. So I kind of was concerned about that. But right once you got past that first trimester and you know you started seeing the bump and you started feeling the baby um, kick and all of that you're like no this is great and I know back when our kids were little they didn't really have the ultrasound equipment they have now and uh, um, you know so it's incredible how much further they've come along medically to help women right um, yeah their pregnancies I know um and yeah, it's just incredible. But yeah, those thoughts that we create in our minds can be quickly flipped just when we have that emotional support and having that experience at the medical place with, you know, oh, you know, just get over it. You know, you're tough. That's frustrating because it's like there's no, you know, you, you expect there's to no compassion. There's no, right. you know, but, you know, when you're doing your job just to do a job, it's. Yeah. Yeah. So how far apart are your two children? You have you had a boy and a girl. 15 months apart. 15 months apart. Yeah. So you didn't waste any time. Nope. <laughs> of course, probably had fun doing that. So chasing, <laughs> chasing two little kids around oh. and how much fun. And you have two beautiful children. I saw a picture of them. Um, so, and they're, they're young adults now. They are 19 and 21. They are in their gap of being back to back. So my daughter, my son turned 21 in March and my daughter will turn 20 in July. So oh, wow. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give to somebody that goes through something like you experienced? So it's, you have to understand your own emotions. It's different for everyone. Just really be able to listen to your body and feel and honor it. Um, give yourself a lot of self-love. Some people can handle it. Some people can't, depending on where it's from. And getting pregnant is a privilege. It's a gift. So when that happens, um, you've already decided that you want to be pregnant, right? If someone's going to be getting pregnant and when it happens, um, a lot of forgiveness to yourself that that happened, you know, for you, not to you. Um, It was for a reason. And also there's so many more blessings ahead. I mean, I think I was triply blessed by, you know, um, God doesn't want me to suffer. You know, that was, that was his way. Those are signs. We have signs all the time. We just need to start listening to them. And we women have a tendency to be nurturers, caregivers, 
and do all these things. And then we beat ourselves up about it. And just to nurture yourself and to love yourself through that process um, is it's really, it's really huge. Yeah. Really get in touch with your feelings too. And feel through those emotions because there was a longest time where I couldn't feel through those emotions. I felt like a robot going through it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, every once in a while it will come up when my kids ask me questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have five siblings. I know uh, there's some triggers. Like if you see like my, my oldest son's birthday was yesterday And I, last year I had posted on Facebook, you know, happy birthday to my son who made me a mom, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was before I was really like processing, like, you know, we're always grieving those losses. It never goes away. And we just have a different perspective and, you know, things like that. And I thought this yesterday when I did the post, I did it late at night because I wasn't sure. And it's like, well, technically he didn't make me a mom. I had two children before him and I was able to um, name them. I found out that there were a boy and a girl, Michael and Tamara. And I'm like, technically I'm their mom. And I thought, well, I'm just going to say happy birthday. <laughs> just happy birthday to my wonderful son. Who's um, been a blessing for the last 36 years. And um, yeah, I can't believe he's 36 years old. <laughs> Tell them you're three dozen years old now. Um, Exactly. You know, but it took over 30 years to process that loss. And a lot of times I saw it as like, that was my choice. And I was glad that I had that choice back then with the knowledge that I had. Um, I was given a different perspective of what, you know, pregnancy was, you know, back in the eighties, you know, the first trimester, they didn't even talk about, how the baby developed and all of that. Um, But one friend of mine told me about, you know, how each person, when they're formed in the womb, they decide whether or not they're going to be born. And it doesn't matter how it happens. It's all divine timing. And that made me get a different perspective about miscarriage and and loss of children. Cause I always got super angry that babies die like young children you know, due to like, there's women sharing their stories about their children, you know, anywhere from one day old to 10 years old, 12 years old, 26 years old, who pass away either through accident, illness. And I'm like, why, you know, and then you compare that to somebody who's um, 85, 90 years old with Alzheimer's in a nursing home. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why do these young, healthy children have to pass away when these older people are living with this disease. So the different perception um, that we have and the care. So I like how you said, just recognize your feelings and work through those emotions so that you can heal. And when you are being triggered, when you are um, feeling what had happened just by talking about it or sharing about it to know that it's okay, that you're not alone. There are women like yourself that are sharing their story and, Um, all of that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your coaching business? Yeah. The other thing I was going to tell you too, is that I had mentioned that things don't happen, you know, to us, it happens or, you know, in such a wonderful way. And I really believe that, you know, 
Gun has a plan, as you said, whether they were going to make it or whether or not. But I also believe, and this is mine, God only gives you what you can handle. Mm -hmm. And he knew that, you know, obviously I was a strong willed (laughs) and he's like, she can handle this. She can handle this. (laughs) Something that was like, okay, I will make it do it because and having that faith. Yeah. And you are very strong, strong and courageous. So thank you so much for sharing your story. So tell us a little bit about your book, your business. You have an amazing coaching program. Thanks. I am a peak performance business mindset coach. So I wrote the book, the best-selling book, Inhale Abundance, Exhale Bullshit. And I help women use their brilliance to turn it into financial freedom, fun, and wealth. And I do have a, I'm launching my six-month program at the beginning of June. And it is called Be Savage, Never Average. It's a group. It's kind of like a hybrid. You get that hot seat when I went coaching, but you get the concepts and theories. So you have time to implement it. And we work together um, peer to peer and one to one. And so it's really, I'm excited about it. Awesome. All right. And the best way to reach you is www.deniseoster.com. You can, there's a con right up in the top, right? I have pink tabs for the different pages of my website and there's one to contact me. Awesome. And we'll put that link in the description. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you for listening. If you resonate with Denise's story, you want to connect with her, go to the description, click on that link and contact with her, have that conversation, know that you're not alone. Um, And remember everything that you conceal is still coming out. It comes out sideways. Your body reveals it, your subconscious, and you get these triggers. So you are not alone. If you want a safe place to come non-judgmental, where you can be heard and be seen, connect with me. I have a group for women, post-abortion, miscarriage, and loss of children launching actually today, May 12th of 2022. That description that link is in the description as well, but I just really wanted to create that safe, non-judgmental place, especially after hearing these stories that I've been hearing that I've been sharing on this, um, on this series, sharing the secret. So thank you so much. Be sure to subscribe, like review and connect with Denise or me. Remember you're not alone. Reveal to heal. courageous woman post-abortion miscarriage or loss of a child foster a heart of gratitude without journaling using the power of breath and thoughts receive the possible book your call today link is in the description wealth is all around you